Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello and welcome to Making Kayfabe, the writing slash comedy podcast which takes pro wrestling's biggest missed opportunities and rebooks them so that they are massive wins as opposed to epic fails. You're listening to our fourth season right now, third episode in, and things are going pretty great so far. We, we kicked off with King William Regal, we, we meandered on through to DDP, and now we're taking an abrupt turn to somebody who you may not immediately think is a big missed opportunity in wrestling, but fuck it. I'm going to convince you how wrong you are today. My name is Bryce, still don't have a new laptop, still in a deep state of rage. My co-host and good friend Dylan is here. How are you doing, Dylan? Hi, I'm very good, Bryce. Thank you for talking to me for once. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, uh, usually, hey. usually Bryce just pretends I'm not here and I just have to, you know, exist. But today Bryce has acknowledged me and I feel very proud. And now I'm going to write all about this day in my journal when I when I go to sleep later and I'm gonna ha- I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep tonight I'm gonna be so happy you know dreaming about me and Bryce skipping down the street arm in arm <laughs> I don't know I mean sometimes you're just really hard to ignore so you know I just kind of <laughs> gave up so <laughs> but well, no le- le- legit right legit here's some props because like huge thank you to you for covering things over the last few weeks so for, for the listeners, Dylan's been editing the episodes uh, while I've been laptopless. So he edited the DDP episode last week and done a damn fine good job of it. And based on when my laptop's projected to arrive, he's probably going to be editing this one too. So yeah, thanks for that, dude. I appreciate that. Well, you'll know if I'm editing this one or not because there'll be like air horns all through the show. <laughs> just uh, straight up air horns. Just so I'll randomly. Just, yeah, I'll just start putting in stuff that you don't know about you're like i didn't tell you to do that and i'm like i'm sorry bryce my computer has a mind of its own i legit did put in air horns in the william regal episodes it's when we revealed that stevie richards was part of ecw i forgot to put that in last week's episode i should have put that because stevie <laughs> richards it. made an appearance in the ddp episode so i should have put the little horn in oh man you can't believe you didn't do that like, well Fucked what it. that means is for today's episode, I'm gonna put in twice as many air horns. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be twice as many Stevie Richards as well. Anyway, Spike Dudley. Today we're we're covering Spike Dudley's heel run as the boss on SmackDown in 2004. Yeah, Spike Dudley was the boss way before Sasha Banks was, and before Bruce Springsteen as well. One of those points is <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember uh much about spike's run as the boss of smackdown yes i do remember the spike dudley as the boss i kind of remember it because i thought it was a very interesting twist on the spike dudley character i think that's why you you do remember it because who would have thought spike dudley would be like the the guy that the dudley boys are looking up to whatever the story has been you know, him looking up to them. I thought that was an interesting twist and a nice way to put a little bit of shine on Spike Dudley, who I think is a real, he's one of the good guys. You know, he's yeah. one of those guys that there's a story about how he, he went to ECW. He lived like a, a way across the country and like mm. across the country for you and me, you know, it, it ain't that far. Yeah. But across the country in America, like he had to bring all this wrestling gear and all this stuff on the tree and he would travel for hours and Aris wow. just to get the rest of school and then do the thing and then come back again. And he did that. He like really wanted to do it. And you know, his hard work paid off. He was in some really fun spots in ECW and he had a heck of a career in, in the WWE, like former cruiserweight champion. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, you're spot on. It's like you wouldn't expect Spike Dudley to be a great heel because he's just kind of like, he's he's in that kind of like Rey Mysterio vein of just too too much of a babyface to be a heel, you know, and like you would yeah. never kind of expect it. But like I was watching, I was watching SmackDown around this time to do research for the episode and it's just, it's really refreshing because, you know, he played the character really well to, to the extent where like, uh, I, I, I wonder why, Spike is so underrated, and um, because yeah. he's he, he literally was just great in whatever situation you put him in, like whether it's this storyline or the Molly Holly thing, or like winning the tag titles with Taz, or just getting Classic. his ass kicked, you know, like he, he always excels. And yeah. I, I, I think he he really fits into it. We, we talk about this a lot, but he fits into that list of underrated wrestlers who are so underrated that people don't even call them underrated, you know, yeah, because <laughs> like, you don't even know. Yeah, exactly. No, no one even mentions him. Like, like can yeah, I tell you who I think the ultimate like underrated wrestler is? Because it's one of those should, guys. Should I those... prepare my Should I prepare my air horn? Yeah, it's not Stevie Richards. I mean, obviously, ah. obviously Stevie Richards is on the list. But I'm like, when you think about it, like one of the most underrated that nobody gives enough props to, like that kind of guy. Who do you think it is? Oh God, um, I I would say like guys like Nunzio. Like, he's one we brought up before. Uh, Nunzio yeah. was always but I mean, who who you got? Chavo Guerrero. Fucking Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. You think yes. about it, man. When, is, when have you seen Chavo Guerrero like fuck something up? You, that guy, yeah. every time he's been given something, he was Kerwin White for fuck's sake. <laughs> he was and Kerwin he, White. <laughs> and he made you care about that. Chavo Guerrero is one of those guys that doesn't get enough props. And look at what he's doing now. He's like working with the, the women on, on that show, Glow. And yes. he's like, you know, showing them how to, you know, he'd be a perfect trainer. That guy knows so much about the pro wrestling business. I'm like, there's a real underdog that people don't even talk about, right? Dude, like he, um, we put out the we put out the the guessing game on Twitter, and a lot of people guess Chavo Guerrero. So I think we'll have to. He's we'll gonna to be. Yeah, yeah, we'll be talking about him at some point. Yeah, Caribbean White rebooked. Okay, uh, but, <laughs> you can't rebook perfection. <laughs> what do we? Where, where, what can we possibly do to that character? Where can we go from there? Exactly. exactly. It's. Uh, no, but, but speaking, anyway, speaking of, of an Twitter, under, speaking exactly. Of, you see this? We're masters of segues. Segwaying, segwaying right into the the KFAB community. They, they were saying a little bit about Spike Dudley, and this kind of goes maybe towards the underrated part of them because it's like a lot of people did have their, their own kind of favorite Spike Dudley moments and all that. Like everyone remembers a little bit of Spike Dudley. So we asked our listeners for their favorite moments and memories of Spike Dudley, and we've picked three uh, of our three of the best comments from social media and. Let's just fucking read some out. Let's read out what they were saying. So Edinburgh FM, so at FM underscore Edinburgh on Twitter, he says, get this ECW, Spike versus Mike Awesome for the World Championship. Underrated match. Yeah. Now, I'd never seen it. Oh. It sounded it sounded like a match I wanted to see. So I watched it today. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was something else. Like You yeah. know how, like, I don't know how much you remember from this match, but you know how... Most matches start with like a lockup. Yes. <laughs> this one was a little bit different. The first move in this match was Mike Awesome gorilla pressing Spike Dudley over the top rope through a table on the outside of the ring. <laughs> so that was like the first thing to happen. I was like, cool. <laughs> Got a lot to look forward to, but yeah. yeah, it was really up my street. It was I loved the match. It was like 15 minutes long, and like Spike got some really good comeback spots in there. Obviously, Mike Awesome won in the end, but that was such a good match. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right, but exactly like that big man, little man kind of the way it's the way that Spike sells. Because um, obviously, the shit Mike Awesome is doing to him hurts like fuck, so it's easy to sell. Yes. <laughs> but also, 
it's like the way he kind of reacts and the way he builds himself back up and, you know, the way he gets the crowd behind him. And for a moment, the, that's how you do it. For a moment, you're like, maybe Spike Dudley could do this. Well, yeah, here, here's, a, here's a hot take because you, you basically, you mentioned the big man, little man thing. Basically, one of the big best big men in the wrestling industry at the time and one of the, the best little men in the wrestling industry at the time, Mike Awesome and Spike Dudley. Like that that's two guys who've excelled in what they do, you know, and like that that's why probably it was a really good match. So like cheers out, cheers, dude. That was a really good match. I am thanks thanks for uh, sending that one through. Edinburgh FM, I believe it, at, at FM underscore Edinburgh on Twitter. I think he also runs a, a Twitch channel, a YouTube channel or something, which is uh, for football manager. So if you're into that kind of thing, then uh, check it out. Kevin Molnar, at Kevin Molnar 3298, says he took the best beatings from Brock Lesnar. That and the awful kitty love story with Molly Holly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I like like you, Molly. Well, I like like you, Spike. WWE and relationship angles are such shite. Makes you wonder if that's how Vince and Linda talk. <laughs> Which I would love to hear. They don't <laughs> they know? don't like like each other. No, no, no. Yeah, no, they exactly. But can you imagine like Vincent Mann and his big gruff voice saying like I uh I like like you, Linda. <laughs> it's, that's money. That's money to me. <laughs> That is what money is. <laughs> that is that is currency to me. Yeah, that is that I would pay for things with that. But I remember that storyline vaguely. It was when I was a kid. I didn't go back and watch it. But I think that's where I started actually liking Spike Dudley. So um, around around that time. But hey, not not everyone's taste. We've got Chris, who is uh, at Chris R X Q U I E M on Twitter. He shared a video, a YouTube clip of Spike Dudley beating William Regal for the European Championship yes. in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that happened. Poor William yeah. Regal. We, we need to write a storyline for him ASAP. If only one of oh, us could have thought about that. It's about time we got a story from making Cave Blake. Let's see if we can get, jump right on that. And uh, yeah, thank you also to Book the World, Flash Jimenez, uh, who correctly guessed this week's episode, Deadman, Kyra and Kay, and Agent, uh, who also left their thoughts on Spike Dudley as of this recording. Apologies if I've missed you. As well as uh, Dan from the awesome Sweet Chim Mike podcast. Uh, Ooh, you can hey. check out their awesome... Yeah, you remember, you remember Sweet Chim Mike. You can check out their awesome stuff at Sweet Ching Lag on Twitters, and uh, we even did a little episode with them last year, uh, which was a lot of fun. We talked all about the ECW zombies, so it was a it was a good good we, good show. We are the reason that the WWE brought zombies into the world. Yeah. <laughs> all because of us. I feel like an idiot now. I'm like, ah, oh, if I if only I'd known. It makes sense because the zombies went directly for Miz, right? Well, that exactly. I'm like, oh god, I wish Death on the Miz for so long, and they actually fucking had him. I'm like, actually, not, not like that. Just throw him out of a helicopter or something. But the zombies, you know, something realistic, like throwing out of a helicopter. It's so, so realistic, yeah. What more realistic than zombies to be fair? Zombies. But, but what if a zombie was driving the helicopter? What if it was a zombie helicopter? Is there anyway, a zombie sorry. Um, anyway, do you want to catch? Fuck this. Do you, do you want to get a little catch up on the boss, Big Dudley? Yes, please. Let's catch up on the boss, Big Dudley. For Spike Dudley's entire career, he was seen as this like plucky underdog who's always got the odds against him, and he was always getting bullied or getting his ass kicked, and because of that, he was the kind of de facto babyface, and to me, that's what makes his whole heel run so interesting. So, it's like I mentioned earlier, he's on that kind of Mysterio-esque level where too much of a clean-cut babyface to ever turn bad, but Spike did just that, so he turned heel, and in my opinion, it worked, so... 
he totally changed his image at the time. So instead of the kind of crazy, unkempt hair of uh, Little Spike Dudley and, and the uncouth facial expressions it, that you'll see in the actual the episode art, which is designed by Tyler from Black Page Digital, he cut his hair short and he grew out his beard. And if you see a side-by-side comparison of the two looks, you could argue that he looks like a different guy. And it, it worked for him, basically. So... So in July of 2004 in SmackDown, there there are quite a few weeks of Bubba Ray and Devon sort of like undermining their brother Spike, like not, not quite picking on him, but making him feel quite uncomfortable whenever they, they interacted with him. So it started when the, the undisputed champion at the time, GBL, wanted to prove that he was a fighting champion. So he would face a member of the roster of his title on the line. And the heel Dudleys, they, they were sucking up to JBL in the locker room. So he said, fuck it, I'll, I'll face a Dudley tonight. So Bubba and Devon obviously happy to hear that until JBL reveals that he's chosen Spike Dudley. So Bubba and Devon, they meet with Spike, offer the help against JBL, but Spike just turns him down. So at the time, Spike's still a babyface at this point. So yeah, obviously Spike's going to get his ass kicked in this match. He's got a, a brief moment where he hit the Dudley dog in JBL and the crowd went fucking crazy. But yeah, JBL killed him, basically, as you would expect. Yeah, he does like, that a lot. Yeah. It's like Mike Awesome all over again. But uh, Mike Awesome wasn't that much of a piece of shit, so... The, the next week, uh, the Dudleys are mad at Spike for not letting him interfere. So, and they, they say that, they, that he should listen to his brothers. So, on that same night, the Dudleys they lost their tag team titles to Billy Kidman and Paul London. So, Spike basically just says, "Why the hell would I take advice from two former champions?" And later that night, Spike loses a six-man tag, getting pinned by Jamie Noble. The next week after that, July fifteenth, Spike's tagging with Rey Mysterio against Jamie Noble and Chavo Guerrero. Spike gets the victory after the Dudleys interfere and Bubba kicks Jamie Noble in the dick while Devon distracts the ref. And by the way, I'm just going to tell you now, dude, like we're going to be featuring a lot of dick kicks in this episode. Oh, like, I just want to prepare you right now. Like, there's, I, I was, I was taken aback by how many kicks to the dick are involved in, in this storyline. But, um, so yeah. But the storyline here basically is that Spike wasn't aware of Bubba's interference and he was pissed off that they helped him win the match. No, he just wants his brothers to fuck off and leave him alone, basically. So the following week, Spike Dudley, he wins a number one contender's triple threat match for the Cruiserweight title, defeating Jamie Noble and Chavo. There you go, boy Chavo. He does this alone, which basically proves that he doesn't need his brother's help. He's a damn fine wrestler on his own, but yeah. Now Spike Dudley is number one contender for Rey Mysterio's Cruiserweight Championship. And the title match is next week. So it's Rey Mysterio versus Spike Dudley. Cruiserweight title one line. And you know what? Spike wins. So while Rey's about to hit the, the 619 on Spike, Bubbery Dudley trips him, uh, which leads to Spike hitting the Dudley dog and winning the Cruiserweight Championship. And as soon as Spike wins, again, he sees the Dudleys on the ramp and realises that they've got something to do with the victory. So... He screams at them, I don't want your help, and then apologises to Ray in the ring. He didn't want it to go down this way, basically. He's upset that he's champion because the Dudleys helped him. And next week, here comes the heel turn. So it's Spike Dudley and Ray Mysterio versus the Dudley boys. And the Dudley boys, they win the match because Spike was faking an injury for most of it. So after the match, Spike, he helps Ray to his feet, apologising for losing them the match. And what do you know? He kicks Rey Mysterio in the dick, cementing a heel turn as the Dudleys beat down Mysterio in the middle of the ring. So, yeah, 
another dick kick, and that is the first time that Spike Dudley ever turned heel in the WWE. Maybe even his whole career, I don't know. He grabs the, his brothers by their t-shirts and he yells at them. He orders them both to get the tables. And soon after Spike, he double stomps his way through a table. This is the dawning of Spike Dudley, the boss. So then Spike, he goes on a, he goes on a good winning streak, uh, solo and with his brothers. He defeated Paul London in a Cruiserweight Championship defence and then teamed with his brothers at SummerSlam 2004 to defeat Rey Mysterio, Paul London and Billy Kidman. When he was teaming with his brothers, it was kind of the same thing every time. So the Dudleys, they'd do all the hard work, beating up the opponents, and then Spike would tag himself in and claim the victory because he's the boss. So bosses don't do the grunt work. They only get the glory, right? So he continues to win matches without from his brothers, successfully defending his Cruiserweight Championship against the likes of our boy, Scotty Tuhati, our boy, Funaki, and Nunzio. You didn't, didn't see Stevie Richards at all. Well, he's, he's, he's not, not here yet. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Richards will appear at some point, I'm sure, but, you know, we'll, 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 I don't want to give anything away, but uh, Nunzio's some, somewhat our boy as well. Um, we're just talking about the, the zombies there. He was part of our zombie rebooking, so there you go. There was one interesting segment backstage on the the August 19th, 2004 SmackDown, where after Spike Dudley defeated Scottie Hoy, retaining his Cruiserweight Championship, he confronted John Cena, and John Cena, he was US champion at the time, so Spike calls himself the real champion, uh, which of course is madness because they both hold championship gold, making them both the real champion, but whatever. Anyway, guess what Spike does to John Cena? He... Uh, he... eats him. <laughs> You're right, he kicks him in the dick. And, uh, I know you said that there's going to be lots of kicks in the dick. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. <laughs> That's the most obvious thing it could have been. There's no way it could have been Spike Dudley tries to eat John Cena. There's not a chance. But yet, yeah, for some so reason. Much kicking. So much dick kicking. Like, unprecedented amount of dick kicking in his storyline. But, but basically, <laughs> Spike kicks Cena in the dick and he forces his brother Devon to face Cena later that night. Uh, Cena defeats Devon in three minutes and basically that few days immediately. So, dude, what Spike loves like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is the point of that? <laughs> he never followed up. Like John Cena never got his re- revenge on Spike. Like something else happened. I don't know, but I, that never got followed up. So that was the end of the feud. So yeah, fuck knows. But on the September 9th SmackDown, Spike, Bubba Ray, and Devon lost to the formidable team of undeniably three of the most popular fan favorites in professional wrestling, which was the team of Rey Mysterio, Rob Van Dam. And Hardcore Holly. (laughs) (laughs) And the next week, the the, the boys lose again. This time to only Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam. Fuck off, Hardcore Holly. Uh, Spike's very upset with the Dudleys losing. So he, what does he do to Devon? What do you think he does? Go on, you got this. I mean, I really want to say he tries to eat him again, but I feel like that's definitely barking up the wrong tree. He kicks him in the dick. He kicks Devon right square in the dick. Because fuck Devon. <laughs> and Bubba was totally unharmed. <laughs> so he, just, yeah. he just kicked Devon in the dick. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. At, at this stage, the Dudleys, they're, they're kind of just taking it. Like that They're accepting Spike as the boss and they're doing what he says. Spike Dudley, he's, he's got his brothers at his complete control, which kind of leaves the audience to think that he's got something on them because they could easily just kick his ass, which they've done plenty of times before. So right now, they're his henchmen, basically. So... We, we are going to be picking up the rebooking from this point, heads up, because not a whole bunch actually happened after that, but 
just for the sake of completing this history of Spike Dudley's heel run, I'll say a quick few more things. So anyway, as I said, not a lot happened. Just as the storyline's getting interesting, Spike is demoted to wrestling most of his matches on Velocity, uh, which is a damn shame. He'd resurfaced on SmackDown with his brothers to take part in a brief segment with The Big Show. They were ordered by Kurt Angle, who was the, a Survivor Series team captain at the point, to take out Big Show if they wanted a, a Dudley boy in their Survivor Series team. So Spike, he orders his brothers to attack the Big Show, which is it's pretty cool because he's he's like standing on the table in the middle of the ring yelling at them. But eventually the Dudleys get killed by the Big Show. And like what one funny thing here is that when Spike Dudley's standing on the table in the middle of the ring, he's still only like a couple of inches taller than the Big Show. Because like, he's just like, Big Show's huge. And obviously Spike Dudley's not. So, but... At that point, the Dudley boys would basically go on a hiatus, uh, which left Spike on his own. Spike did successfully defend his Cruiserweight title in a fatal four-way match at Survivor Series 2004, where he beat Kidman, Javel Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. But eventually, he would lose his championship the following month at Armageddon 2004. And dude, I'm going to give you three guesses. Who do you think Spike Dudley lost his Cruiserweight title to? Okay, well, I wanted to be Steve Richards, but I... I know that it's not Stevie Richards, because I don't think he ever won the Cruiserweight Championship. No, didn't. No, I, let me see. 2004. I don't think you would ask me this unless it was somebody, like, really out there, right? I mean, it's somebody somebody we are fans of, I think. Like, somebody we like, basically. Oh, wait, do you really mean that, or is that sarcasm? No, 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 really, really. I think we have a, an affection for this guy, yeah. 2004. The end of 2004. Oh, man. Yes. Tajiri. Oh, you're not far away. Not far away from Tajiri. Yeah. Uh, One more guess. Oh, man. I feel like I'm really close now, but I can't think of anybody that's <laughs> similar to Tajiri. You're going to kick yourself when you find out. Oh, I definitely am. Oh, Reno. <laughs> yes. It's fucking no, Reno. It's not. Yeah. He was too heavy. He's a heavyweight. Exactly. He would never go for the Cruiserweight Championship. Oh. It's Finaki. <laughs> so you were close because he's Japanese. Oh, I yeah. should have I should have been able to guess that man. Yeah, that that's about <laughs> right. Yes, Finaki. But yeah, he lost it to Finaki Army Game 2004. By the way, I watched this show. Uh, the show also featured Daniel Pewter versus Mike Mizanin in uh, uh and I fucking quote in a Dixie dogfight. And... Okay, number one, 2004? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was in the fucking Miz was there from 2004. I thought it was 2006. Well, then he's even worse than I thought he was. Jesus Christ. Second of yeah. all, second of all, <laughs> what was the name of that match again? A Dixie Dogfight. A Dixie Dogfight. I don't know. When you say know. a dogfight, I imagine Melina, like a World War II pilot, you know, a dogfight <laughs> flying through the air. You know, shooting down the Red Baron. How can you have a dogfight without pilots? Uh, that's such an obscure reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think? Is it? Only, only true making KFA listeners will get that one. Eh? <laughs> one of my favorite moments on the show. I, I, I'm outraged that more people don't remember the greatness that was Molina, the World War Two fighter pilot, or whatever. <laughs> but um, also in the show, it it featured John Cena defeating Jesus. Uh, sorry, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, to retain his US championship. Jesus, of course, being the guy who kayfabe stabbed John Cena at the time. But yeah, that, that basically sent Spike back to velocity and he started losing to guys like Hardcore Holly, Booker T, Charlie Haas, Mark Jindrak. What the fuck is Booker T doing on velocity? <laughs> I was thinking that myself. Like, he stands out there, right? Between Hardcore Holly, Charlie Haas and Mark Jindrak, Booker T. Like, <laughs> what? 
2004 as well. This, this is, is when he was like, like this shit is just knocking me out of the park. Because at first yeah. I was like, wow, 2004 had a great cruiserweight division. And the more this goes on, I'm like, what the fuck was happening in 2004? You said Billy Kidman and Paul yeah. Lunder were tag champions? I don't yeah. remember this at all. Dude, I don't remember any of this. Is there fucking Dixie dog fights? There's fucking John Cena getting stabbed. Like, this is so, did I, did so I just not shit. pay attention to 2004 at all? Like, what the fuck is happening? Never woke up for a whole year or something. Jesus. Well, that's because The Miz apparently was in 2004, and I'm like, I'm blacking out. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, exactly. That makes sense, actually. Wake but... me up when he becomes a zombie. Ha 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 ha. Oh, God. Today. Yeah, right. God damn okay. it. He's not a zombie yet, but hey, we'll see. Anyway, so, yeah, and after that, his last ever SmackDown appearance, he lost to Heidenreich in 45 seconds and then was eventually released on July 5th, 2005. So, overall, WWE had something really good and interesting with heel Spike Dudley. Um, they could have built some really cool shit with this. I mean, like, like what, what could Spike possibly have had on his brothers to make him do everything he says? You know, they hinted a few times it's something big, but they never delivered, which allows making kayfabe to pick up the PC 17 years later and use them to build something substantial for the boss, Spike Dudley. So, do you want to hear what I've written for him? I most certainly do. All right, prepare yourself for a lot of dick kicking. I always, you, I'm you're, always you're, prepared for that. Don't worry, you're, you're, you're dick safe this time. Well, uh, to buy goddamn time. <laughs> it's been years since my dick was safe. Oh, my, my dick has been on the FBI wanted list for six years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no That's a long time. <laughs> hey, tell me about it. They're always at my door. Anyway, let's. It's anyway. <laughs> All right. Here's the scene. So, just to briefly remind everyone where we are September 2004, Spike Dudley is the cruiserweight champion and is just fully established as the boss. So, the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray and Devon, uh, they're effectively his henchmen at this stage. They do everything he says, but with quite a bit of hesitation in most situations. Like They're doing what Spike says, but they're not happy about it. So basically, it seems as though Spike has something on his two brothers, whatever that thing is. The Dudleys are reluctant for it to get out. So there's something big here, but it's not been revealed yet. So that's where we are at the moment, because after this point in real life, the storyline kind of tanked and fell apart and Spike Dudley started losing to fucking Mark Jindrak and Velocity. So to kick things off, we're going to have Spike basically see how far he can really go with his brothers under his control. So how much can he poke the bear before the risk of, you know, being eaten? Like Spike Dudley did to John Cena, you know? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so we're going to have a match. It's going to be a, a number one contenders match for Spike Dudley's Cruiserweight Championship, where the winner would get to face Spike at the next pay-per-view, which in September of 2004 was no mercy. So we're going to have our boy, Finaki, versus Jamie Noble, classic babyface versus heel kind of thing. Anyway, Spike being Spike, he doesn't want to defend his cruiserweight title against either of these guys, so he's going to get his two brothers to go out there and disrupt the match. So, reluctantly, they do it. They hit the ring in the middle of the match and attack both guys for the double DQ. And this is going to be one of those rare situations where the champion does something dastardly to his contenders and genuinely doesn't have to go on to defend his title. So Spike's going to get away with this one, basically, because the general manager at the time, Teddy Long, he's too busy sorting out a whole lot of shit with uh, Kurt Angle, Eddie Grail, and the big show at this time. So He couldn't give a shit. 
<laughs> couldn't give a shit. It's just a cruiserweight title. Fuck it. So yeah. you know, like, so Spike, he, he now knows that this is what he can get his brothers to do for him. You know, he can get them to interfere in other matches so that eventually he becomes the longest cruiserweight champion of all time. So realistically for Spike, that's all he needs. He should be happy with that. But Spike is is gonna go crazy with power, basically. So he has what he wants. He has what he needs, but. After a while, that's getting boring. So he wants more. He wants to keep poking that bear. And as I said, let's see how long it takes for his brothers to snap, basically. So he's going to get his brothers attacking like backstage workers, putting them through the tables and just generally doing devious things all to please him. But then after a few weeks of this, the dam's going to break. So on SmackDown, we've got a segment with Sable and Tori Wilson who are feuding around this time. For God's about- Sable was there. What oh, I can't believe this. I forgot Sable came back in 2004. Oh, I have, dude, I have to, go back and watch 2004. Like, I have to lie much, down. I yeah. can't. This is too much for me. <laughs> this is one hell of a nostalgia trip. <laughs> but yeah, so Sable was there, but yeah, she was shooting with Tori Wilson, something about being Playboy cover girls. I don't fucking know. That that was a that was a legit reason for their feud in 2004 because in 2004, one thing you may remember is that WWE were still treating their women like objects. So yeah, there you go. In the segment, Sable, who's the heel, is going to reveal that she struck a deal with someone on the roster to take Tori Wilson out for good because Tori has been getting the better of her in this feud. And Tori is like, oh yeah, whatever. But then the music of the Dudley Boys hits on the PA and her face drops. So Sable, she's got this big Cheshire cat grin. This big Dudley, the boss, leads his brothers down to the ring. Tori Wilson tries to escape, but Sable hits her with the Sable bomb laying her out. And when Spike Dudley and the Dudleys get to the ring, Sable hands Spike a check. So, you know, as the camera zooms into it and sees like a lot of zeros on it, uh, showing exactly the reason why Spike and the Dudleys are doing this job for, for this situation. So, but there's going to be a problem. So the Dudleys, they look down at Tori on the mat and, and they're, they're reluctant, basically. They're as, as reluctant as they have been for the last few weeks, but perhaps even more so now. Spike ignores him and he, and he yells at Devon to get the table. And Devon does. He sets it up in the middle of the ring and Spike's he's now yelling at his two brothers top of his lungs, saying, 3D her, hit her with the 3D, do it now. But the Dudleys, they're shaking their heads. You know, they're not going to do this to, to this poor, helpless Tory Wilson who is still recovering from a sable bomb so spike obviously he's fucking just incandescent with rage you know he goes red in the face shouting at the dudleys until bubba grabs spike by the the scruff of his neck and backs him into the corner and spike yells at bubba saying he used to do this kind of stuff all the time 3d her Mm, that's a good that's that's a good point they did they used to love doing that shit fucking may young May Young, Lita, Stacey Keebler, like they all kind of ate a Dudley 3D or a powerbomb or whatever, so through the tables. And Bubba Ray is going to yell back at him, just saying, we're not those guys anymore. So, you know, that's it. The Dudleys, they leave the ring uh, to the anger of Spike and Sable. Sable, obviously seeing that the job hasn't been done, she ripped the check that she gave Spike out of his hands. Meanwhile, Tori Wilson's recovered. She's gotten to her feet and she's going to knock them both down with double clotheslines. So, Tori Wilson escapes the ring and, you know, she she and Sable are going to go on to continue their feud while Spike focuses on his brothers. So next week in SmackDown, we've got Spike Dudley in the ring and he calls his brothers out to speak with them about their actions last week where they refused to do what he ordered them to do, which is 3 ding Tori Wilson. 
and the Dudleys reiterate what they said last week. You know, they're not those guys anymore. So at the time, they were young and trying to make an impression, but 3 ding a helpless woman for a table, it's too far. It's too far. So Spike was asking too much, even if he is the boss. And you know what happens when you don't do what your boss says? You get yes, fired. So. You get kicked in the dick. Oh, you got fired. <laughs> you, get, you also get kicked in the dick. Yeah, exactly. Like, every time. He fires his brothers, basically. He fires them in the middle of the ring. And he says that he doesn't want to be affiliated with them anymore. But then he says, he's got the microphone and he says, you know, Bubba, Devon, we had an agreement in place. I hold some information on you that you are very aware of. And you knew that if you didn't do as I said, I would reveal what I hold on you. Well, you screwed up. You didn't do as I said, and I'm going to make you regret it. Call it blackmail, call it wherever you want. It doesn't matter because we're going to make this whole thing past tense as I tell the world the deep Dudley secrets. And immediately, both Dudleys just grab Spike and push him out of the corner of the ring, just like last week. Bubba does the talking while Devon glares at the boss, and Bubba says... You aren't going to tell the world a damn freaking thing, little brother. And they both get right up in Spike's grill, getting real close so that their, their threats can be heard over the loud Smackdown crowd. And Bubba's going to continue saying, he's going to say, you know what this information could do to our family, Spike. It could tear the Dudley family apart. And I assure you, I promise you, that if you reveal the secret to the world, we will tear you apart, brother. How about you think on that one? Is sharing this secret really worth being put on 24-hour care for the rest of your days? And Spike, like a true boss, he wasn't expecting that shit to come back in him in such a manner, so he backs down. He doesn't share the secret. And with that, the Dudley, they leave the ring. The cameras focus on Spike, who is not happy. He's fucking infuriated. And in fact, so, and SmackDown rolls on. And we're going to pick this up next week. So, speaking of next week, here's what happens next week. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell of a segue so Dudley boys they're they're pretty much really happy to be free from Spike Dudley's ruling it was a risky move for them not only to refuse to act on Spike's orders but also get in his face and threaten him with permanent injury if he tells you know whatever the hell this awful secret is but you know what a whole week has passed and Spike hasn't told his secret so it seems like the coast is clear so to speak and the Dudleys want revenge on Spike after the way he's been treating them. And they're going to do this in a humorous kind of way. So now it's their turn to poke the bear after all. So they're going to come out next week and tell the crowd how, how relieved they are to be away from Spike Dudley and, and say that he is no longer the boss since he doesn't control anyone anymore. So they quickly mention this secret saying that they're sure the fans wanted to hear it because who doesn't like a juicy secret? But it really is best for everybody if the secret is never told. So... Anyway, this is where we're going to have a little bit of fun in the story. So the Dudleys feel that there's a, something missing in their family now that Spike is gone. You know, they need to fill that Spike-sized hole with somebody so that they can still have a little brother, basically. So <laughs> the, Dudleys, uh, the Dudleys, they scoured the entire world looking for other Dudleys or, or those who share the Dudley bloodline. And to their surprise, that there's actually another Dudley on the SmackDown roster what are the chances? Another Dudley already employed by WWE and on their brand. It's fucking, can't believe it. What are the chances? The Dudleys, what they want to do is they want to introduce the world to this new Dudley right now. But before they do, they want to promise that this Dudley is better than Spike in every way. He's pleasant. He's charming. He's grateful for everything given to him in life. 
And you know what else? He's a much better wrestler than Spike Dudley as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the newest member of the Dudley clan, hailing all the way from Tokyo, Japan. It's Funaki Dudley. <laughs> and Funaki comes out. He's, oh, he's clad in like... He's like in camouflage gear, like similar to the Dudley. With the glasses. With the glasses, with the glasses as well. Yeah, yeah. his glasses. Because he's a Dudley now. So I could see you know, him wearing those glasses with a camo. I can see it. Dude, like big smile on his face. Oh, like, yeah. just, you can totally just imagine it. He's finally achieved his life goal, becoming a Dudley. So, you know, he, he, Funaki Dudley, he gets in the ring and he gets in the microphone and tells the crowd how he is now SmackDown's number one Dudley and that he will help <laughs> to take the Dudley boys to new heights. Obviously, the joke here is Finaki is so clearly not a Dudley, and that Bubba and Devon are just doing this to get back at their proper spikes. So, oh, yeah, I, I really thought it was one of those. What was that situation where Ric Flair and Triple H were brothers? I was like, okay. I did the, I did the test. He's like, what test? I'm like, wouldn't that be great if like, like we did the test of Finaki? I'm like, we talking about? <laughs> Finaki's like, you te- what test? <laughs> There's no actual bloodline here, yeah. <laughs> not not the same as Ric Flair and Triple H and that. Another another obscure kayfabe Tambola, like from like season one or something. <laughs> That's a, the only ones I can remember are the really, really obscure ones. Yeah, they're the best ones, yeah. They're the best ones. Like they deserve more 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 respect. But the three Dudleys, uh, Bubba Devon and Finaki Dudley, uh, they celebrate together in the middle of the ring with the news and they announced that they actually have a six-man tag team match next week, as booked by SmackDown general manager Theodore Long. So Anyway, the segment cuts backstage and we see Spike Dudley just glaring at the monitor. And I mean fucking glaring at the monitor. Like, he's very unhappy. Seething, you might say. So, two weeks ago, he was in charge of the Dudleys and now they've replaced him with Funaki. So, that's all we see this week. So, next week, we're going to get that six-man tag match and it's the Dudleys, Baba Devon and Funaki versus just three local jobbers, whatever. The, the opponents are not important, basically, but the three Dudleys are obviously going to win. And after the match, it's time for Funaki Dudley's initiation. So these jobbers haven't suffered enough. One of them is going to chew in some wood if you catch my drift. So Bubba pushes Funaki in the chest and he says, Funaki, get the tables. And Funaki just stares at Bubba. He, he smiles, but he hasn't understood a thing at what Bubba's just asked him to do. And Bubba rolls his eyes and then he shouts, Funaki, Teburu o Shutoku Shimasu. <laughs> which, according to Google Translate, <laughs> means get the tables in Japanese. Can you say so, that one more time, please? Yeah, uh, Teburu o Shutoku Shimasu. Get the tables. I mean, I've, I've, I've spared no fucking expense in my research for this storyline. <laughs> <laughs> Funaki leaves the ring. He's looking under the ring for a table. And he's looking, and he's looking, and he's looking, and he can't fucking find a table. He's stumped. Don't you, know? don't you hate that whenever your cousin pushes you in the chest and speaks Japanese to you, asking you to get a table, and you go looking for a table, you can't find a god. There was like 700 of them last week. Can't yeah. find a single table this week. This is a bit of conspiracy. This is not fair. Oh, man. It's just filled with mortal dread at this point, honestly. It's the worst situation, but... It's the worst whenever the fans are chatting for a table and you're looking around and they're all like, <laughs> we want tables! And you're like, you know, you know there's no tables. So you're like, oh. <laughs> you're just being dicks. Yeah, exactly. How, how am I going to break it to these guys? They seem really <laughs> hyped up and I don't have a table. 
Anyway, poor Devon Dudley. He's going to leave the ring, and of course, he's immediately going to find a table under the ring. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, helping Funaki into the ring with it. So, the Dudleys 3D one of the jobbers, but then they're attacked from behind, and the moment of humour is turned into one of confusion, because two hooded men slide into the ring and start assaulting the Dudleys with chairs, and they're both dressed in black, so you can't tell who they are. They've got masks on. Bubba, Devon, and Funaki, they're all assaulted, by these mysterious men with relentless chair shots as the camera pans to the top of the ramp and we see Spike fucking Dudley walking down the ramp with the biggest smile on his face. And once the assault ends, Spike Dudley, he enters the ring and he proudly displays his Cruiserweight Championship over his shoulder. The two mysterious men finally unmask and it turns out, here's another blast from the past for you, it's the freaking Basham Brothers. Ah, nice. Remember the Basham Brothers? I do. I remember 2004, like the back of my hand, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You're Mr. Mr. 2004 here, yeah. That's what they call me. They always call me Mr. 2004. And for a long time, <laughs> I didn't understand what that meant. But now I get it. Now you know. Yeah, now yeah. It's, a, it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah, but dude, Bastion Brothers, underrated team. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll die on that hill. I wasn't a whole lot done with them back in the day to help them stand out. Other than like, I don't remember this one, but a fucking, you know, BDSM gimmick at one point. Of uh, course but... I remember that, Bryce, 2004, remember? It's my <laughs> of time. Of course, curious. yeah. But I, I do remember that for being like really shitty. Like the yeah. Bastion Brothers could have worked as a team if they wanted them to work as a team. But if like, yeah. if they go to that point where they're like, all right, you're BDSM people <laughs> already. You're like, ah, oh, they're dead in the water, man. Exactly, and like, but they're both really talented guys as well. Like, both of them were top yeah. of the um, the Ohio Valley Wrestling at one point, and when they came to WWE, they kind of became nothing. Like, they, they were tag team champions a couple of times, I think, but it's still yeah, but nobody like, nobody remembers yeah. it really. Exactly, apart from you, Mister Two Thousand and Four. But yeah, yeah exactly. Well. So, um, yeah, I, I actually done all my research for this episode through Dylan, uh, Kate Babers, yeah. just so you know, uh, he remembers it at the back of his hand. So, ask me questions about Two Thousand and Four, and I will answer every single one of them. All right, uh, hold on. Let's uh, who? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> fuck it. Anyway, so Spike he's clearly recruited the Bashan Brothers. So the Dudleys they lie broken on the mat, and Spike screaming at them. He's saying, "Replace me! Replace me! You think you can replace me?" And clearly, Spike is shown here that if the Dudleys want to replace him with Fanaki, then he'll replace them with a younger, more ferocious tag team, the Bashan Brothers. So they're going to deliver one more final cheer shot to each Dudley and then leave the ring. One for good luck. Um, You know, showing the Dudleys that this feud is far from over. So there's a lot more to come, basically. And the next week, it's Spike Dudley versus Funaki Dudley in a match for the Cruiserweight Championship. So at this stage, it's been more than 30 days since Spike defended his title. So he had to defend it. Otherwise, he'd be stripped of the title by Fiesel Long. So Funaki, he's still selling the effects of the cheer attack last week, but... It's a championship match, so he's going to knuckle down and he's going to see if he can get this done. So anyway, Spike and Funaki, they're in the ring and there's a match is about to start. But before the bell rings, Spike gets in the ear of the ring announcer Tony Chimmel. And Chimmel looks confused at what Spike is saying to him, but Spike gives him a stern look and Chimmel gets in the microphone and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, I have just been informed that this match will now no longer be a singles match. It is now going to be a fatal four-way match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Introducing the competitors who have now been added to this match from Columbus, Ohio, weighing in respectively at 245 pounds and 250 pounds, Doug and Danny Basham. Uh, yeah. what? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I know what you're thinking. Don't worry. The crowd, the crowd are going to boo as the Bashams run out and immediately start assaulting Funaki. The bell rings and Spike slides out of the ring, walking over to the announcer's desk to speak with Michael Cole and Taz. And of course, Michael Cole has a burning question for Spike Dudley, which I'm sure you're thinking right now. What is it? Where's Stevie Richards? Yes! <laughs> Michael Cole is just like, where the fuck is Stevie Richards? Is Steve Richards? You know? And Spike Dudley's like, don't ask me questions like that. <laughs> Why well, Why are these two guys, clearly not cruiserweights, allowed to compete for the cruiserweight championship? You're absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. That's exactly what Michael Cole asks. Why are these guys in a cruiserweight championship match? Neither of these guys is below 220 pounds. They're big dudes. So Spike just replies calmly. He says, how the hell can I do it, Michael Cole? I'm the boss. I get it done by hook or crook. And look at these men just dominating Funaki right now. So he's the boss. He can do what he wants, basically. So the Bashams hit Funaki with their tag team finisher, which is called double brain damage. And Spike does Double brain damage? If you thought brain twice. damage was bad enough, what am I doing it again? Do you get double? Hey, buy one brain damage. Get another one for free. We're just that giving them deal. away. I'm a sucker for a bargain. So double brain damage, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Spike gets in the ring eh, to get the pin and he retains the Cruiserweight Championship so thanks Bashams, good job but they gave uh, him brain damage double, yeah, brain, double damage. brain damage double brain damage to double. Finaki and... double brain damage dude like by the way like <laughs> you think that's bad I've got to quickly mention one thing I did actually find in my notes so their other tag team finisher is called the balling gag just because <laughs> Their, their gimmick from Shaniqua wasn't blatant enough, you know. Not even gonna touch that one. But anyway, so Bashams have clearly replaced the Dudleys as Spike's henchmen. So after the match, Spike starts to add insult to injury as he stomps away at the man who replaced him in his own family. And then he pushes the chest of both of the henchmen, shouting loudly, Bashams, get the table. And of course, the Bashams, they leave the ring, they get the table, and they set it up in the middle of the ring. They put Funaki on the table, and Spike's going to ascend to the top rope, but it's not long until Bubba Ray and Devon come down to the ring to fend off the bad guys. So Spike Dudley and Doug Basham manage to escape in time, but, oh no, poor Danny Basham. He's been caught by the Dudleys. So they're, uh, they're going to give him brain damage. Uh-oh, double. Uh-oh. Well, there's only one uh, of the Basham, so they're just going to give him regular brain damage? Sing- singular, yeah. Yeah. Singular brain damage. <laughs> singular brain yeah. One point of brain damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, they're going to give him a 3D through the table. So, um, you know, the crowd are popping loudly for the daftly heels come up and You know, they, they, they finally got the run back a little bit and the Bashams. And Spike Dudley and Doug Basham, they're now walking backwards up the entrance ramp, not taking their eyes off the Dudley boys, which is very smart of them. Big Bubba Dudley, he's got a microphone. He's got a tongue as well, so which means he can speak into the microphone. <laughs> and nice. Bubba's going to lay down a challenge to Spike Dudley. He's going to propose that he and his two brothers, Devon and Funaki, they fight Spike and his Bashams at the next big show, which is Survivor Series. So that's right, they're proposing a six-man tag to finally end this feud so that they don't have to ever think about Spike again. And Spike, he turns him down. Yeah. He says no, because pff, what, what the hell's in it for him, right? Now, why should he have to give up his free time at Survivor Series just because his brothers wanted to settle a score? Doug Basham goes and collects his barely conscious brother, Danny Basham, as, as Spike tries to negotiate because he's the boss. Like, what makes him a good boss? 
That's right. Above kick average. In the oh, yeah. A kick in the dick. Oh, yeah. Kick in the Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And a kick sorry. in the dick. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and above average negotiating skills. Yes. So, but Bubba smiles and he puts another offer on the table. Get it? Oh, that's a good pun. That's table. a good pun, guys. Dudley, pun. Dudley boys. The ah. pun. They get it. So, Bubba says that he'll add a stipulation to the match. If Spike wins, and of course the Dudleys will never let that happen, but if Spike wins, then Spike can tell this mysterious family secret without fear of repercussion Ooh. from the Dudleys. But if the Dudleys win, Spike must swear that he will never, ever, ever tell the secret no matter what. So, you know, Spike loves that idea, so he accepts the challenge. The match is on. It's Bubba, Devon, and Finaki Dudley versus Spike Dudley, Doug Basham and Danny Basham. And guess what? Bubba's not done because he's now going to make this a tables match. Uh, Dudley's speciality. So Spike's facial expression turns to that of horror as we fade out to black to move on to our next segment of Smackdown, which might feature Steve Richards. So, yeah, there you go. Don't, don't mite me. Don't, don't taunt me like I mean, that. We know, don't... we know it does. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's it. Survivor Series 2004. In real life, um, I think I mentioned earlier, Spike Dudley was legitimately on this show. He, he beat Billy Kidman, Chavo Guerrero and Rey Mysterio in a Fatal 4 rematch, um, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the show also featured The Undertaker versus Heidenreich, which is a bad thing. Mm, is that a DDP reference? Yes. Uh, the show also featured Trish Stratus versus Lita. That's a good thing. Yeah. But their match only lasted 1 minute and 24 seconds. That's a bad thing. Uh, Undertaker and Heidenreich got 16 fucking minutes, by the way. That is also... A bad thing. 16 fucking minutes for Undertaker versus Heidenreich. Fucking hell. That's 17 minutes too long. Yeah. <laughs> I would ideally have minus one minute of Undertaker Heidenreich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but yeah, in, in, in the story, it's a big six-man tag match. So tables match, sorry. So the Dudleys, uh, it's, uh, Bubba, Devon and Finaki versus Spike and the Bashams. And we're just going to shave 15 minutes or so off that Undertaker Heidenreich match. To give <laughs> I think with a story in mind, it could be a really fun match. So, in the end, the Dudleys are going to 3D the other Basham, Doug, through a table, earning the victory for that match, as well as Spike Dudley's silence. So now they can move away from this feud in peace and train their new Dudley brother, Funaki, to be a true Dudley. All is well that ends well, right? Yes, exactly. That's that's the end of this. On the KVF Dumbola. But <gasps> Spike Dudley's got a mic. The boss is not happy. He's been made a fool of. And now because of some shitty stipulation, he's been silenced. So first off, what he's going to do is he's going to fire the Bashams. He calls them idiots. He calls them a waste of space. All the nasty stuff until he's red in the face. Meanwhile, the Dudleys, they're at the top of the ramp. They're, they're laughing at what's going down, laughing at their little brother losing complete control. And Spike turns his head to look at them. He sees them laughing at him like they've done his whole life, where his brothers have bullied him, embarrassed him, caused him to feel pain, both physical and mental. No, Spike decides. He, he decides, no, fucking no, they're not winning this time. They don't get the last laugh here. So Spike Dudley, he's still got a microphone. So he glares poison daggers at his brothers and just fucking lets loose. Spike Dudley says, You know what, Bubba, Devon, you've made my entire life a living hell. Since I was young, all the way up to the present day, you have tormented me. And I'm not just going to stand here and let you laugh at me now that you think your secret is safe. 
I don't care about this match. It means nothing to me. I still have my cruiserweight title. As far as I'm concerned, I never lost this match. These imbeciles did. Obviously pointing at the Bashams. And I know that there was a stipulation attached to this match, but honestly, screw the stipulation. It's about time we revealed this deep, dark, dudley secret. And at this stage, Bubba's pointing a finger at Spike, warning him, you know, don't you fucking dare kind of thing. <laughs> and the laughter, obviously the laughter has stopped, but Spike doesn't give a shit. He's had enough, so he continues. And he says, you know, I probably found it funnier than anybody else when you brought Funaki into the Dudley clan, because of course, the, the really hilarious joke is that he's obviously not a Dudley. That's so funny, but these fans... They don't even know how funny it is. Because as I look up that ramp right now, I don't just see one fake Dudley. I see two. <gasps> so because Bubba, because oh, Doug Basham had walked over there and like, get over here, Doug Basham. You're not he's, the he's, he's put on the glasses. Like, Can yeah, I be a Dudley? <laughs> what the hell are you doing, you idiot? You're supposed to be on my team. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. It, Doug. <laughs> Bubba I, and got brain da- I got double brain damage. I don't know. <laughs> Single brain damage. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Bubba and Devon they're going to start running down the ramp to stop Spike Dudley going any further but Spike's going to escape under the bottom rope he flees into the crowd and now because of his size it's damn near impossible to find him you know Survivor Series 2004 had 7,500 people in attendance the Dudleys they can't find Spike and neither can the cameras but we still hear his voice over the PA system because he's still got the microphone there's no stopping him now Spike Dudley continues. He says, That's right. Only one of those men is my true flesh and blood. The other one ain't really a Dudley because, believe it or not, he was adopted when he was just a year old. And screw it. Why, why the hell am I building this up? I don't care. I honestly don't care anymore. Devon, you're not a real Dudley and you know it. I really wanted you to say Bubba Ray. <laughs> the crowd... They fall silent. Michael Cole and commentary is utters a brief kind of disappointed, you know, huh? Bubba Dudley looks up at Spike with nothing but just sheer loathing in his eyes. Well, Devon, Devon looks at the ground and Spike says more. Spike says, yeah, it's true. You were adopted, Devon, and you've known this for years, but still you come out here pretending to be what you are not, pretending to be a Dudley. You know, it's no secret that Bubba and I and all of the other Dudleys, we share a father. But it was Bubba's mother who took you in, Devon, when you were just a year old. And she raised you like one of our own. You and Bubba were so close when you were growing up together, Devon. You'd do everything together to the extent where you basically were like brothers, which made the news upon Devon's 18th birthday just that much harder to take. Bubba's mother, she told you both at the same time. Bubba, you couldn't believe it. You couldn't believe that Devon wasn't your real brother. It affected you in a terrible way to the point where you developed a stutter. It took you <laughs> years to shake that stutter, man. That is good. Eventually, I like that. Thank you. Eventually, it wasn't just you guys that knew because our father told me all about this adoption. And you know what? I told everybody else too. That's why Big Dick Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, Dancing with Dudley, Snot Dudley, and all the other Dudleys left because they learned that their family was infiltrated by an outsider. Us three, we continued calling ourselves the Dudleys when we knew that only two-thirds of us truly represented that name. And Devon, you just played along, hoping that nobody would find out because you trusted us not to spill the secret. 
Oops. Well, Devon, it's all over now. So next time when Bubba is ordering you around, maybe he should no longer say Devon get the tables. Maybe he should now say Devon get the fables because your life, it's all fiction. In the I, I, again, I thought you were going to say, instead of saying Devon get the tables, you should say, Devon, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Devon, fuck off. <laughs> And the segment ends there with the Dudleys just looking utterly dejected in the ring and Spike still nowhere to be seen. So, And by the way, you mentioned you wanted it to be Bubba. I wanted it to be Devon only because of that stutter line because it just made yeah. sense. Like, it just totally made sense. So, I really um, like you know, that. That's very clever. I started with that and just had to work it in. So Spike, he's finally got one back in his brothers after years of being bullied, but... He's obviously gone about it the completely wrong way. You know, this was highly sensitive, highly personal information. He's revealed about Bubba and Devon's relationship, and really, it wasn't his place to say, especially since it goes against the stipulation of the match, which he literally just lost. You know, he promised his silence. He went and blabbed the secret anyway. That makes him a massive cunt, and it gives him a reason <laughs> to continue as a heel. It does, and it basically... Gives him potential to do that and go and be a heel, potentially going above the Cruiserweight Championship, which I'll talk about in just a moment, because this is basically where we're going to be starting blending making kayfabe into reality, because in real life around this time, the Dudleys, I mentioned earlier, they legitimately did take a hiatus. So this was after the November 4th episode of SmackDown, after the angle uh, with Big Show, which I mentioned in the catch-up. Survivor Series was November 14th, so we're not too far off the mark here, so... Yeah, in, in case you didn't guess, I would have Dudley's go on that sabbatical to sell the, the weight of this announcement that nobody saw coming. It makes way more sense than using the reason, you know, Big Show beat them up and they were never seen again. Right. Because they, re- they were released after that. So, you know, that, that was the last we saw of them until like 2013 or something. So in the meantime, well, we're selling this twist over the next month. Guess who fights for the honour of the Dudleys? It's Funaki fucking Dudley. So here we continue his feud with Spike in the absence of Bubba Ray and Devon, and that will go right up to Armageddon 2004, where, of course, in real life, Funaki did beat Spike Dudley for the Cruiserweight Championship. That legitimately happened. It's going to happen in this story, too. And, of course, if it were me in charge, I wouldn't just let that be the end of Spike and the Dudleys. I mean, fucking hell, like like I said, they were, they were all released after this in real life. Who releases the fucking Dudleys? Like, the stupidest decision should never have been done. So, now Spike... He's no longer got the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, now, now, now somebody else can put a focus on the championship. So guess what's going to happen now? Guess who's going to come back and you know continue the feud with him? It's obviously going to be a very pissed off Bubba Dudley and an ultra pissed off Devon Dudley. And obviously I'm imagining promos with Bubba tearing Spike a new one and defending the man he considers to be his brother, Devon. You know, say, saying things like, you know, you're right, he may not be my brother biologically, but I don't give a crap. He's my brother in everything else but blood. And you, Spike, you've crossed the line. All the while, you've got Devon sitting there, the only expression on his face being one of true anger. So it's not going to be long before you have a, this big match where Spike would obviously be trying to avoid it like the plague, which is him versus Devon Dudley one-on-one, you know, because like Devon just wants a fucking piece of this little shit, you know. And yes, yeah, Spike would eventually have to atone for his sins because you better believe that 
wherever this match ends up, whether it's the Royal Rumble, No Way Out, or even WrestleMania, Devon is going to kick seven shades of shit out of Spike for sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Devon's going to crush Spike Dudley, and it's going to be one hell of a moment because Spike will have had it coming for a long time. And after their match, Devon would shout at Spike saying, you know, you little punk, I'm more of a Dudley than you are. And, and he and Bubba are going to banish him from the family. So Spike now, he's got no henchmen because he fired the Bashams. He now has no championship because he lost it to Finaki. And now he has no family because of his selfish actions, which led to his family ostracizing him. So Spike has got his just desserts after this storyline. And where can you go from there? Yeah, I have to, have to reiterate, you don't fucking fire the, the Dudleys. Spike, he's got limitless potential as a heel now. Like, I, I'm not advocating for him being, like, undisputed champion or whatever, but, like... <laughs> Or are you? Hey, it was 2004, man. It was a wild time. It was a wild time, yeah. He did win the Unspeed Championship, no, he didn't. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I, I can see Spike being, like, a pretty effective manager or tag team partner for someone at this stage. Or maybe he goes after the United States Championship, which was held by John Cena, who Spike obviously has unfinished business with anyway because of that one-week feud. Spike could recruit another guy, um, another team or another big guy as a bodyguard. So in the first quarter of 2005... On uh, SmackDown, you've got dudes like uh, Luther Reigns, Mark Jindrak, Matt Morgan. Fuck it, you've got Heidenreich, who, who, who would fit as the muscle for a little guy like Spike. So, And of course, Spike's also got unfinished business with the Basham Brothers. So, you know, Spike, he's got plenty of places to go from this, basically. And the Dudleys, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that Spike revealed their secret. But you know what? After thinking about it, they've decided it doesn't really phase them. You know, after all, they're, they're they've known about not being blood brothers for a long time, and they've won dozens of championships since knowing that fact. So, it doesn't matter whether they're brothers or not, because it wasn't being brothers that made them a great tag team. It was their chemistry and expertise inside that squared circle. So, they're going to continue being one of the greatest tag teams on the planet. And if anything, this whole kerfuffle of spikes made their bond grow a lot stronger. So, anyway, that's my rebooking of the boss Spike Dudley, featuring the Dudleys. And Funaki. Yes, Funaki, a main player in that. Mm. Okay, so I like this storyline because, number one, you wouldn't expect people to think that a Spike Dudley storyline would be that good, right? I think a lot of other... You and me love Spike Dudley, but a lot of people, like we said, would be like, Spike Dudley, really? But like you said, he's really good. He, If you give him a good storyline to get his teeth stunk into, he can, he can deliver. So yeah. what you've done is you've given him a little, like, fun storyline it it keeps all the people involved busy. Like you said, the Bashams, what the fuck were they doing to us before? We know what they were doing in 2004. <laughs> you know, like, nothing good. But at least this is a way to get them on TV and get them to work with experienced guys like the Dudleys mm. and to, to learn. And again, Funaki, what was he doing back then? Nothing. But this is like a way to use all these people in a, in a, in a way you would do to give them substantial TV time that makes sense, right? So I like that. I really liked you acknowledging the Dudleys, you know, putting the, all those women through tables. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we've changed. I like that. That was a nice little touch. The same way that, like, I really liked you bringing in the Dudley history at the end with yeah. the, all the other Dudleys from ECW and the the stuttering thing. I thought that was very, very well I, done. I was very happy with that, I've got, yeah. I've got to say. Yeah, I was, I'm happy I worked that in, yeah. That's that's a little stroke of genius right there. So I really, really like that. I also like the idea of like separating Spike from the Dudley boys. Mm. Like that's something that I think people would have done automatically because it's built in. It's right there. And you yeah. were like, no, fuck them. Well, I can I, I'll split them up and this will make sense. And, you know, it'll all 
I'll, I'll, I'll be able to explain this. And you did, like, you explained it in a way that would make sense as to why they would split like that completely. Well, well that, that as well. And, like, sense. what what one of my ideas as well was that, so, obviously, Spike's now ostracized from the Dudley family, so he's now no longer Spike Dudley. He's just Spike. Yeah, he's just Spike. You know, exactly. Just Spike. He's no longer a Dudley. I think you did a very good job of explaining all that stuff, like, making it all makes sense and it's one of those things where like if you pay attention to the dudley boys since ecw you're going to like this storyline a lot because it touches on lots of stuff but also if you're just tuning in for the first time you can tell who the good guys are and who the bad guys are yeah you know spike's the bad guy and the dudley boys are the good guys because of the way spike's been trying to treat them all that shit has has been written into this storyline and it all makes sense so there you go i think that was that was a lot of fun Thank you, thank you, man. I, I really enjoyed writing that one. Like I was, I, I, I said to you before the episode, but I was expecting this to be a quite a short one. But it's just one of those things where you just you, you get more ideas and you start writing and writing and writing, and then just so many things come together, and then you end up with a fucking hour-long episode at this point. So yeah, it was really fun writing this. Uh, I've wanted to do Spike Dudley for a long time. So just like just like my last one with William Regal, it's ones I've had in my head for ages. Just never had the chance to actually kind of. Um, Bring, bring them to fruition so finally happy that i've managed to do that i'm also very happy that we have a little game coming up um would you, would you like to play a game that one it depends what game it is oh it's monopoly if it's if it's the game of having to pay your taxes i hate that game i refuse to play it that game sucks yeah. i'm never gonna pay my taxes what do you think never. of that yeah government don't please don't Chance. arrest me yeah. let's play kvip the bowl instead i think that'll be more fun Keep your Woo! And of course, if you enjoyed that episode, folks, and want more Making Kayfabe, we are releasing constant bonus content on our Patreon, including exclusive rebooking, spin-off shows, early access for every public Making Kayfabe episode. You can get a lot of cool shit there for as little as £5 at patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe. Every single penny pledged goes towards making our show better. Anyway, for the first time listeners of Cave Tate Bola, here is what we do. Each week, one of our lovely listeners submits us four random wrestlers and four random scenarios. The Making Kayfabe co-host who isn't telling this week's story, which is Dylan this time, he'll oh. have to choose randomly for a fucking number from 1 to 4 and a letter from A to D. And whichever wrestler that scenario lands on, he'll have to spin an excellent improvised storyline on them within 60 seconds. Sounds like chaos, it usually is fucking chaos. This week's Tombola is submitted by listener Matt, uh, formerly of Kayfabe Crunch, uh, now of his new podcast series called Pro Wrestling Is, uh, which is just a, a super interesting show where he, he explores, like, media and cultural theory through the lens of pro wrestling it's unique it's entertaining and and matt's a fantastic writer host and just overall great dude as well who's helped us out with these episodes and we've helped um we've, we've given feedback and his stuff as well so always got time for matt so yeah ch- check it out pro wrestling is uh, you can find it on spotify but anyway dylan i i want you to pick a number and a letter what do you got for me i would like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Let me see. I would like... Um, yeah, you know what? Let's go 1B. One, 1B. One 1B. One yeah. one <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, this is a good one. All right. So, do you, do you want to know who you could have had? Yes, I do. So, you picked 1B. So, you, you could have had Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, okay. You didn't get Stephanie McMahon. You didn't okay. get her. All right. You could have had 
Triple H. Okay. You didn't get Triple H. All right. You could have had Shane McMahon. Oh, no. You didn't get Shane McMahon. Do you want to guess who you got? Whatever Stephanie McMahon's dog is called. Yes. Test? Did I get Test? Yeah, you didn't get Test. Because that would have been the whole storyline right there. Stephanie and Triple H, Test, Shane McMahon. We've already done that, yeah. We've done that storyline. That would have been perfect. Season season two, yeah. But no, you got. There it is. You got Vince McMahon. Okay. You might if you heard you know who that is. You heard him. He was he the guy that came out of the giant egg on Survivor Series nineteen ninety. No, no, no. You're thinking of the. You're thinking of someone else. It's a former ECW champion, uh, Vince McMahon. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, because I used to watch ECW a lot. I don't remember this guy, but hey, you know, I trust you. You've been doing your research, so. Yeah, that's it. They Vince don't call me Mr. 2007 for nothing. 2007, 2000, I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> but ECW <laughs> ended in 2001, Bryce. Don't be silly. Yes, that's true. Never ha- nothing ever happened with ECW since. Nothing at all. All right, but you got Vince McMahon. And do you want to know your scenarios that you could have had? Yes. Now, all of these are very good, actually, but you could have had Vince McMahon... So it's time for Vince McMahon to win gold, just one last time. But they only have eyes for one thing, the AEW World Championship. Okay. So you could have got that. That's the easiest one. Yeah. He buys buys a company and makes himself champion. (laughs) Exactly. Done. That's what he did with the other ones. We just (laughs) talked about it. That's what he did with ECW. Literally, actually. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get that. You also didn't get, actually, I was hoping you were going to get this one because this is actually my favourite. You also didn't get Vince McMahon dies in kayfabe but returns <laughs> but, but returns as a ghost that only our truth can see. <laughs> what, that, there's a lot in there. That would have been a really fun one. I wish you got that one. That's yeah. a good one. But unfortunately, you didn't get that one. You also could have had Vince McMahon unveils an AI version of themselves in a robot body, but the robot body malfunctions and exclusively sucker punches wrestlers over 300 pounds. I thought that that was really good up until the strange the qualifier at the end. Because so like, <laughs> even up to the malfunctioning bit, I'm like, oh, I can have fun with this. But I'm like, that okay. Oh, anyway, I didn't get it, so that doesn't matter. But that's the thing. If, 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 he, if he exclusively sucker punches wrestlers over 300 pounds, he's going to start pissing off like fucking... Big Daddy V and the Great yeah. Khali. You know? But also, he's Vince McMahon. So... Also, he's Vince McMahon, but I mean... Yeah. He's like, what are, you, what are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> fire me? I don't think so, I'm Vince McMahon. I'll fire you, right after I punch you in the face. And he punches him. <laughs> you didn't get that. Okay. What you got, my friends, was... This is a very good one. Vince McMahon yeah. is demoted to the concession stand salesperson due to a misc- scandal, miscellaneous scandal. They've got to work their way back to the top by the end of the year. By the way, it's currently December 11th. How do they do it? September the 11th? December the 11th. Oh, because I was like, that's... Come yeah, on, that's man. a bit on the nose, yeah. It's too, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> December the 11th, yeah, December the okay. 11th. So, the, do you want me to go through that again? Yeah, quite, I'm quite trying to write all this down. So, like, Vince McMahon demoted yeah. to concession stand after a scandal. Yeah. And has to work his way back up. Yeah, got to work his way back up to the top by the end of the year. So it's currently December the 11th. How did they do it? I mean, there's a lot of questions I have, but I don't know if I can answer these in 60 seconds and then also do a story about it. You can only do your best. You can only do your best. You've got to come up with what the like, scandal do I have is. To, yeah, I was going to say, do I have to do the scandal as well? And then, okay, you know what? Fuck it, I'll figure something out. 
All right, you, you usually do. You usually figure something out by the end. Yeah. So I've okay. got 60 seconds on a, on a timer here, and okay. you know what I'm going to do in that 60 seconds? I'm going to start it very, very soon. Are you ready to go, my friend? Could you give me the double 60 seconds, please? <laughs> you got it last week, motherfucker. Not last week, the one with the fucking... Oh, yeah, uh, there was one I kept... Yeah. I just kept going. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Okay, well, it was, um, it was Andy that sent it in. I can't remember. Yeah. Mummies or something? Uh, oh, fucking um, Ted Vicious. Said fishes and mummies, yeah, <laughs> and curses and shit and crap hands. That's that's what it was, crap hands. Yeah. Anyway, okay. we're talking shit. Dylan, you've got one minute to tell me all about how Vince McMahon is demoted to concession sales stand person due to a scandal. They've got to work their way back up to the top by the end of the year, which is just a few weeks away. How does he do it? You got to tell me all about that in sixty seconds. Are you ready? I mean, for the first time, I might I might be stumped. All right, that fuck it. We're we've gonna got, do this. We've got the season four. Usually, I'm rare to go, but I'm like, this is this is a tricky one. There's a lot yeah. going on with this one. There's a few curveballs, but I think you can do it, dude. So, do you, do you want some time to think about it? No, I know no. what it is okay. now. I know what it is. All right, fuck it. Like three, two, one. Tell me all about that scandal. Okay, so Vince McMahon is the, uh, it gets into a scandal on December the 10th, right? And we all know what <laughs> what's the most scandalous thing you could do that's wrestling related right now well the most scandalous thing that could ever happen is agreeing with jim Cornette. so vince mcmahon oh. publicly is heard saying you know what that jim Cornette, he's got some good ideas everybody starts dunking on him they're like fuck you vince mcmahon even the, the the ceos of the company are like you gotta work your way back up we can't have this kind of scandal in our books so he <laughs> December, that was december 10th december 11th he is put back into the concession stand so he gotta work his way back up so he says i'll do it and he says hey you want this coke because the concession stand <laughs> And be like, yes, and like, all right, seven bucks. So they pay seven bucks. That's way too much for a Coke. But then Vince McMahon's like, oh, this is a good way to make money. People will just spend money on this shit anyway. So he starts charging loads of money for all the shit. And people buy it because it's a Coke or it has a T-shirt of The Undertaker on it or whatever. And it turns out <laughs> it makes the concession stand so much money that he buys the concession stand and turns it into world wrestling concessions. WWC. <laughs> And then he, he, he <laughs> and then he gets so big. I know I heard, I heard the beep, but he gets so big with his new company that he buys the WWE back again and absorbs WWC into that company and is back on top by December seventeenth. Incredible, incredible! In the space of a week, all that happened. Yeah, <laughs> he's good, man. He's good. WWC is a legit. It's a real, yeah. It's a real. It's, hey, do I have sixty it? seconds to think of it? <laughs> <laughs> poking holes in your story that you've had to think of in 60 seconds yeah. but yeah I liked where you're going with Jim Cornette that is maybe one of the most scandalous things you can the do the most controversial thing you could say is like you know what he's got some good ideas yeah because he's Cause a people, mess people yeah. hate it people hate yeah. having yeah they hate saying that good reason. you know what Fucking you know awful. what you know yeah. what that's Jim Cornette he's got some good ideas <laughs> what are you going to do the moment it can stand I don't think so I hope nobody uh, just like takes that clip from the episode and uses it elsewhere, you know, like to making kayfabe say Jim Cornette's all right. No, he's, a, <laughs> he's, he's very much a cunt, but that that was really good, man. That was good. I enjoyed that. That's, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a curveball. There's a few few things uh, that you had to do there, but you, you fit it all in a minute, basically. So well done. Thank you once again to Matt from Pro Wrestling Is. Can't say enough good things about this gentleman. Go check out his podcast and follow him at Matt W. Writer on the Twitters. That was some tricky stuff, Matt. Well played. Yeah, hell you yeah. You almost got me. Almost got me.
Holmes, you had him on the ropes there, but just... Really ah. cool. But yeah, oh, but when oh. I'm on the ropes, I'm doing the old Muhammad Ali thing. I'm just absorbing those blows, and I'm going to come back in round 12 and knock you the fuck out, you know? <laughs> Not that I'm going to knock you out, Matt. It was a figure of speech. Watch your back, Matt. Yeah, watch your back. Yeah, because yeah, I like Jim Cornette. So you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You don't like Jim Cornette. Uh, well, he's got some good ideas, I'm just saying. Fucking hell, dude. Don't. <laughs> you're, kill you're killing the podcast. <laughs> So many like clips are going to be taken out of context. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Making Kayfabe, Season 4, Episode 3, The Boss, Spike Dudley, Jim Cornette is a cunt. Did you like it? If so, please, please, please leave us a cheeky five-star review on your favourite podcast app. Uh, I, I don't even think you need to leave a comment some of the time. Just leave, just leave the five stars. It, it does fucking wonders for our show. Obviously, you're doing your part just by downloading the episode. We're just happy that we can entertain you guys. But if you want a little bit more, then you can get a little bit more, goddammit, on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe. Exclusive rebookings, early access, spin-off shows, the lock for as little as five pounds. All of which will not go into our pockets, but instead into making this podcast better. Next week, the Irish guy's back in the Making KFA pot seat. Have you got any blues clues for next week, Dylan? Am I the Irish guy or am I the Scottish guy? Or I mean, had the article that thought you were Scottish, right? So I have to make yeah. it clear that you're Irish. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm Scottish, but we got to ask you if you're Scottish. I can't remember if you are. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So oh. do, I, do I have any clues for, for next week? Well, if you want to know what's coming up next week, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, because uh, it's going to be amazing. We want to hear what people are going to guess, but it's going to be a talent from NXT. Oh. I think, you know, not every NXT call-up has been perfect, so it's going to be it's going to be NXT-related. Let's put it that way. Hey, man, there's a lot to choose from there with bad NXT call-ups, right? So, uh, and, and pretty much all of them could have been done a lot better in the main roster, so I'm looking forward to that one, so... Alright, K-Favors, that's us for now. Stay safe, go straight to fucking Mars, and of course, always be k -Fabin. Goodbye! Goodbye.